This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. This is Season 5, Episode 3, and today I'm talking all about meat quality and where I buy my meat from and how you can learn more about questions to ask your butcher or farmers or the internet when you're selecting your different types of meats. I'm going to start off by saying that I take meat quality and sourcing extremely highly and it is probably the most important aspect of the choices I make when buying my food. I do not eat poor quality meats, which um, you'll get into some definitions of what that means later in the episode, but I literally don't eat that ever. So that means I don't go to a lot of restaurants. I don't just eat willy-nilly where I don't know where the meat is coming from. It's very important to me for two big reasons. One, for my health, and two, for the health of our planet. And I guess I'm going to say for a third reason also, I believe that where you put your money is where the world goes. Money is just energy. So I want to put my money towards farming and farmers and animals that are healthy and are contributing to the planet and to the human race. I don't want to put my money towards farms and companies who are destroying our planet and contributing to terribly poor health for our humanity. So I look for regenerative farming or regenerative agriculture. And regenerative farms mean that the farm actually contributes um, back to the planet. So the farming actually improves the soil and improves our planet versus like a conventional farm is very bad for the soil and bad for the planet and causes a lot of issues. So this episode today can go way, way, way beyond just the health of your body, but this is actually a great um, session to learn more about why eating meat can actually be good for our planet and um, why this whole vegetarian and vegan movement is not so good for our planet. So first of all, what is regenerative farming? Let's just imagine that you've got a farm that has cattle and chickens. And regenerative farming includes a lot more than that, but we're going to just keep it a little bit simple so that you can understand the basics here. The cattle would be completely raised on grass. That means that they're labeled as 100% grass-fed and finished, and they don't take any medications at all. And if one of the cows gets sick, it's removed from the group and it's isolated as it's getting treated, but it is not treated with medications. The cattle have, um, they're out on the, the grass in the pastures, and the pastures are sectioned off into different sections, so they can only be in one area for a period of time. And it's a big area. It's not like a little pen. And the farmers will move and rotate the cattle to a different section at least once every day. The farm that I buy from actually moves them twice a day most of the time. So the cattle are in one pasture, and they're eating the grass, and then they're moved over to the next pasture 
where there's fresh grass that has popped up and they're going to be eating that grass. So that allows for the cattle to be able to have fresh, um, great new grass all the time. Now, right behind them would be the chickens. So these chickens are called pasture-raised chickens or free-range chickens, and the chickens are rotated into the pasture that the cows just left. So the chickens would go into that pasture, and this actually matches nature. Birds and different sorts of uh, wild birds and chickens follow buffalo out in nature and they kind of stay behind them. So this is actually following how, you know, buffalo and birds naturally move in nature, in big pastures just out in the world, in the wild. The chickens will actually scratch through the cow poop and I know that sounds horrible, but that's what they want to be doing. That's actually good for them. So they scratch through the cow poop and they're looking for fly larvae, which is giving them protein. So the chickens do actually need to eat bugs and larvae or larvae for their protein. And this is why you would never want to buy a chicken that's labeled vegetarian fed. Vegetarian fed chicken is not good. That means that the chickens never have access to go out foraging for worms and bugs and different sorts of creatures and they need that and then the chickens are also helping to contribute to the land because when they spread the manure into the soil it helps improve the state of the land and it helps the grass grow if you were to just leave those cows in that pasture where there's cow poop all over the cows will not eat the grass near their own poop because of parasites. So the cows know better than that. So it wouldn't work to just leave the cows in one big open pasture where there's poop everywhere. And that's also a big reason why people say cow farming or cattle farming is not good for the planet because there's these massive pileups of poop and that's really toxic for our planet. Well, if you're rotating them this regenerative farming way, then that's not an issue and the chickens are actually helping to spread out and create like manure for the soil. So that's a really positive thing. And you want to think of regenerative farming as a relationship between the microbes, the plants, the animals, and us, the humans. And there's this, it's like the circle of life working all the way through microbes, plants, animals, and us. And it just continues to rotate through where the microbes are helping the plants, the plants are helping the animals, the animals are helping us, and we're helping the microbes. So it just continues to go round and round. So that gives you just a very simple explanation of regenerative agriculture. And that would be a topic I would highly recommend you learn more about if you are at all on the fence about why you would eat meat and if you should eat meat and if it's good for the planet or if it's not, then you need to consider regenerative farming and not just look at factory farming. And I really do I really am honest when I say I do not eat meat from factory farms ever. Now I know that there are plenty of carnivore people out there who advocate for eating cheap meat or eating at McDonald's, eating like McDonald's burger patties or eating corn-fed beef and they say it's all the same and it's no different and it's just simply not true. The animals that are raised conventionally are fed 
GMO, so genetically modified corn and soy, and they're pumped up with all kinds of medications, and they are living in these little pens where they're sitting in their own poop, and so they get sick from the poop, and then they're having to give meds, and it is terrible for the animals, it's terrible for our soil and our planet, it's putting our whole world and our country in the wrong direction, and it's terrible for your body. When you eat that meat, the fat on that animal is highly toxic, and it is a completely different food than eating like fat from a grass-fed, grass-finished cow. It is not the same food, and I just can't emphasize it enough. I do not recommend eating any corn-fed beef or conventionally raised meat at all. So some terminology that you would want to go through when you're searching for the right kind of meat. So like let's say you're at the grocery store and you're speaking with the butcher and you're going to ask them some questions. Or you call up a farm and you want to know more about how they raise their animals so you're going to ask the farmer questions. Or you're going on the internet starting to Google farms or places to order meat online and you need some questions answered. Well these would be the questions to ask and the answers for you. For beef and lamb, you're looking for 100% grass-fed and finished, meaning that they are never given grains ever. They are never fed corn or soy or anything GMO, genetically modified organism. They're not given medications ever, and the cows should rotate pastures at least once daily. So remember, all of that would be classified under a regenerative farm. So look for regenerative farming first, then double check all of those qualities I just listed through. Now for pork, you're still looking for a regenerative farm. Look for the terms pastured pork or heritage pork. They're fed a non-GMO and organic feed, and they're not fed corn and soy ever. No corn or soy for the pigs. Pork can be raised with some grains, so that would be fine, but remember it needs to be non-GMO, organic, and not corn or soy. The pigs should be living outdoors where they're able to move around and dig through the dirt as much as they want and forage for bugs and worms and those sorts of things. They shouldn't be living indoors for the majority of their time and they should not be living in a cramped pen where they're stuck and they can't even move around or stand up. For chicken, you're still looking for a regenerative farm. Look for the terms pasture raised or forested chickens. Those are two different things, two different methods of raising chickens, but they're both fantastic. Their feed should be non-GMO and organic no corn or soy in their feed ever, and never buy vegetarian fed. Remember that the chickens should be out foraging for bugs and they should actually be digging through the poop of other animals for this larvae, and if they're fed vegetarian, it means that they're not given access to those things. The chickens should be following the cows when rotating pastures, and they should be living outdoors for as much as they possibly can. 
So I've got a little like quick guide for you if, if this is overwhelming or you just need to pull up a, a little sheet of paper or a PDF or something or have it screenshotted on your phone. I've got that for you very simply listing out these guidelines so that when you're at the grocery store or where you're searching on the internet and you need these questions answered and you can't remember the terminology or what to ask, then you can just pull up this quick guide. So you can find that linked in the show notes and um, use it as much as you possibly want and feel free to share it with your friends as well. Now I have found a couple of farms local to me. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota and I found a couple of farms where I buy my meat. So if you're in the area maybe you'd like these farms too. Um, One of them that I order like a half cow, I've ordered a pig, I've ordered a lamb and I've bought a lot of other meat from them. It's called Grillin' Meat and it's in Avon, Minnesota and I just get mine at the local Minneapolis farmers market. And I'm going to link to all of these so you know their websites. I also am on a chicken CSA where I receive about six frozen chickens every month or two from a farm called Main Street Project in Northfield, Minnesota and they drop off at a site in South Minneapolis. Now farmmatch.com is a great place to go. I can't I'm not sure if they're like all over the Midwest or all over the country or if they're only locally in Minnesota. I'm just not sure. But farmmatch.com is a, a website that you can go to where you put in your zip code and it'll pop up a whole bunch of farms that you can order directly from. So I order from Freedom Farms. Um, sometimes I get different kinds of meat there. Um, I've been experimenting with um, adding in some different kinds of dairy, which turns out doesn't really work for me, but they've got really good quality dairy on there. So go to farmmatch.com if you're local in Minnesota um, or Midwest and see if you can find a good farm for you. Now, if you're not local, belcampo.com is an amazing regenerative farm where you can order meat online and have it shipped to you. I've never done this because I already have the farms that I like, and it's a lot less expensive to just buy directly from the farmer, and Belcampo is pretty pricey. But if that's the best that you can do, you should do that. It's a fantastic farm. And... Um, I do suggest for saving money to actually buy from a farmer directly. You cut out the middleman or many middlemen and you end up spending a lot less per pound of meat um, for the most part when you buy directly from the farmer and you can usually start to find these farmers if you go to farmers markets in your local area and meet the farmer and ask them questions and get to know them. Or if you don't have any farmers markets in your area, start looking online for local farms and oftentimes um, they don't really have really sophisticated websites set up. They usually don't have budgets to hire people to do marketing and all of that. So it really does help if you call the farmer and ask questions and see how it works. Don't give up if you don't see all of your answers on their website. You usually need to call a farmer and they're always really happy to talk to you. It's also a lot less expensive to buy meat in bulk. So like I mentioned a few minutes ago, I bought a half cow this year, I bought a pig, and I bought a lamb, and I have an extra freezer in my house, so we just keep quite a bit of frozen meat in there, but it ends up to be much less expensive per pound when you do it that way, and then you're just set. You don't have to go to the grocery store as often. 
I've also chosen to do that because I, I, I won't be wearing a face mask. We're in this ridiculous time of this pandemic. I'm not going to be putting on a face mask ever at all. In fact, I don't wear them ever. So if I'm going to be getting um, harassed at the grocery store for not wearing a face mask, then I won't be going there. That's how serious I take it. So I choose not to go to the grocery store anymore. And instead, I go straight to the farmers and I buy directly from them. And luckily, eating carnivore really suits that because I'm not having to go out and buy produce all the time. But if you are still eating vegetables or eating produce, you can oftentimes buy produce directly from farmers as well or from outdoor farmer markets, far, uh, farmers markets. So that can work too. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I ran through all of this information quite quickly and um, you may want to go back and listen again and take some notes or hop onto the show notes and um, pull up the PDF with the quick guide for sourcing meat so that you've got it just written out in a simple format where it's easy to pull out and read. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And feel free to connect with me over on Instagram. I've been getting some really fun messages from some of you saying that you've started Carnivore and it's going really well, or some of you have reached out and had questions that I've addressed for you over on Instagram. And some of you have been submitting questions for my episode in a couple of weeks where I'll be answering all your questions on the air. So if you've got a question, head right over to Instagram, send me a message or comment on one of my posts. Either way works. Or you can go to projectketopodcast.com and and go to the contact page and fill out the form on there to submit a question for the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to that Ask Me Anything show where we go through all your questions. Over on Instagram, you'll find me at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. Thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time.